Welcome to this week's episode of the My Mysterious Bible Podcast, and we have a very special episode. Our very first guest, Jeff Johnson, will be breaking down scripture for us today. And if you don't know Jeff, he is a stalwart in the Divine Council worldview community, and you need to look him up on the Storeroom of Scripture on both YouTube and Facebook. Now I'm going to hand it over to Jeff. When I listen to Michael explain the context for Azazel's goat in episode 14 of My Mysterious Bible, I was interested in the rabbinic tradition that the goat should be pushed off a cliff. The description of an animal going over a cliff brought to my mind the time Jesus sent demons into a herd of pigs, and the pigs stampeded down a cliff into the sea. To get that scene fresh in our minds, I'm going to read a portion of that incident as recorded in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 9 through 13. And Jesus was asking the demon-possessed man, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, because we are many. And he was imploring Jesus many times that he would not send them out of the region. Now a large herd of pigs was there at the hill feeding, and they implored him, saying, Send us to the pigs, so that we may enter them. And he permitted them. And the unclean spirits came out and entered into the pigs, and the herd, about two thousand, rushed headlong down the steep slope into the sea, and were drowned in the sea. So the question that came to my mind, is there any connection between Azazel's goat being thrown over a cliff in the wilderness and Legion's pigs rushing headlong down a cliff into the sea. To answer that question, I went back to Leviticus 16 to read more of the details about the ritual. And this is what I learned from verses 20 to 22. And note here that the living goat mentioned in this passage is the goat for Azazel. It's called the living goat because by this point in the ritual, the other goat has been given as a whole burnt offering on the altar of the temple. So here's Leviticus 16:20-22. And Aaron shall finish making atonement for the sanctuary and the tent of assembly and the altar. Then he shall present the living goat. And Aaron shall place his two hands on the living goat's head, and he shall confess over it all the Israelites' iniquities and all their transgressions for all their sins. And he shall put them on the goat's head, and he shall send it away into the desert with a man standing ready. Thus the goat shall bear on it to a barren region all their guilt, and he shall send the goat away into the desert. So that was the background for the actual biblical evidence, but I wanted to read the actual Mishnah information about this goat ritual. I found that the Mishnah's tractate Yoma is all about the Day of Atonement. And chapter 6 in that tractate is about the two goats used for the Day of Atonement. And section 3 of chapter 6 is focused on the goat for Azazel. So in that section, we read, If one pushed it down, that's the goat, if one pushed the goat down and it did not die, one should go after it and kill it. Also the mention of a man named Simeon the Righteous. Quote, so long as Simeon the righteous was alive, the goat did not get halfway down the mountain before it had been torn limb from limb. End quote. There are several little anecdotes about this Simeon the righteous in this section of the Mishnah, 
It seems that when Simeon the Righteous was alive, everything was perfect and exceptional. But once he died, things were never quite perfect again. (laughs) From the little I've read, my first impression is that he seems like a Jewish equivalent to a cross between George Washington and Paul Bunyan. There is another mention of this goat being pushed down in section 5. There was a question about the garments, because in Leviticus 16.26, there's this little additional note. The person who sends out the goat for Azazel shall wash his garments, and he shall wash his body with water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. Which implies that his clothing becomes unclean somehow in the process of leading the goat out of Jerusalem and into the wilderness. So the question arose exactly when would you consider his clothing unclean? And so the question is answered here in this tractate Yoma. Quote, at what time does the one who takes the goat impart uncleanness to garments? End quote. So there are two possible answers. One is, quote, once he has gone forth from the wall of Jerusalem. End quote. Which that would mean that his clothing is unclean almost immediately as soon as he begins the ritual. But there was another one, quote, Rabbi Simeon says, once he has pushed it into the ravine, end quote. So uh, Rabbi Simeon's answer was not that, uh, that the clothes became unclean at the beginning of the ritual, but at the end of it after the goat has been pushed into the ravine. I was considering, what does this mean? Was Jesus performing a symbolic enactment of the Azazel goat ritual? I have to conclude he probably is not, because there's just not enough similarity in the circumstances or the language uh, to suggest that these two items are directly connected, that Jesus was trying to allude to the Azazel goat ritual by sending these demons into the pigs at their own request. But I believe there probably is a thematic connection between the wilderness where the goat was taken and the sea where the pigs ended up. Because the wilderness was a place for demons. Uh, Michael got into that a little bit with the discussion of Azazel's goat already. Just want to repeat here the, a quote from Isaiah 34:14. It says, And desert creatures shall meet with hyenas, and a goat demon shall call to his neighbor, Surely there in the wilderness... Lilith shall repose, and she shall find a resting place for herself. And this Lilith proper term is just a transliteration from the Hebrew, uh, from a term leet leet. This from the Net Bible translation note. Uh, the precise meaning of leet leet is unclear, though in this context the word certainly refers to some type of wild animal or bird. The word appears to be related to Leila the word for night. Some interpret it as the name of a female night demon on the basis of an apparent Akkadian cognate used as the name of a demon. Later Jewish legends also identified Lilith as a demon. End quote from the Net Bible. I would disagree that the word certainly refers to some type of wild animal or bird. I think that it is as likely to refer to this night demon, since a word referencing a goat demon is in the same context. And so the Isaiah 34, 14 points out that the wilderness is a place where demons dwell. 
and that has not changed by the time of the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. So, an appropriate place to be tempted by the devil is in the wilderness, because the wilderness was a place for evil beings to dwell. The sea is also a place for demons. Back to Isaiah, chapter 27, verse 1, Isaiah said, On that day Yahweh will punish with his cruel, great and strong sword, Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, and Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will kill the sea monster that is in the sea. The picture of a sea monster in the sea is a common Old Testament theme. I'd point you back to episode 13 of My Mysterious Bible for more on the idea of the sea being a dwelling place for these creatures of chaos and, indeed, evil. And that also hasn't changed by the time of the New Testament. In Revelation 13, verse 1, uh, we read, uh, And I saw coming up out of the sea a beast that had ten horns and seven heads, and on its horns ten royal headbands, and on its heads a blasphemous name. It is appropriate that this evil, blasphemous beast would come out of the sea, because the sea was considered that place for chaos. Indeed, the pigs themselves could be considered a proper place for demons. Pigs in the Old Testament were an unclean animal. Deuteronomy 14.8 gives us that definition. It says, And also the pig will be unclean, because it has a division of the hoof, but does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. From their meat you shall not eat, and you shall not touch their carcasses. And in the New Testament, uh, we read that pigs have a pretty negative connotation. In Matthew 7, 6, Jesus says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, or throw your pearls in front of pigs, lest they trample them with their feet, and turn around and tear you to pieces. So why did the pigs rush into the sea, though? I mean, even if the sea is a natural place for demons to be, it does seem odd that the demons would ask to go into a herd of pigs, only for the pigs to turn around and rush straight into the water to their death. But the explanation might be as simple as recognizing that demons often cause self-destructive behavior in the people, and I guess in this case the animals, they possessed. There's a scene from Matthew 17:14 through 18 right after the transfiguration of Jesus, that we see this behavior. I'll read that. And when they came to the crowd, a man approached him, that is, approached Jesus, kneeling down before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers severely, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they were not able to heal him. And Jesus answered and said, O unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was healed from that hour. So if this demon would cause a boy to fall into the fire and into the water, why not the pigs? Now that might be all there is to it, but I think there could be a theological message to be found in this pig stampede. 
Although the demons would have felt at home in the pigs, I believe their request was really just a desperate attempt to remain at liberty to attack another human host at some point. And the presence of the demons in the pigs may have riled them up into a stampede, but it was probably the hand of God that directed that stampede down the slope and into the water. Now, why would I say that? I say that because the waters of the sea are under God's control and restrained from encroaching upon the land beyond a specified point. This is taught in the Old Testament in many places. A couple of key ones in Psalm 33, verse 7, uh, it speaks of God saying, He gathered the waters of the sea like a heap, and he put the deeps in storehouses. That image of a storehouse means a constrained space, a place where it belongs and it doesn't come out without God's permission. Then in Proverbs 8, verse 29, speaking of the creation, it says, God assigned his limits to the sea, that water shall not transgress his command, when he marked the foundations of the earth. The sea is always pictured as constrained by God's defined power. And in Jonah chapter 2, uh, verses 5 and 6, the first part of 6, Jonah describes the waters as a place of imprisonment. Those verses say, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. So the creatures that get into the water are trapped there, trapped by the bars that close around them. I believe the reader of the incident with the demon horde called legion is to understand that once the pigs go into the sea the demons that had possessed them were trapped there to go back to the mishnah and the goat of azazel for one more legend that i think will help us bridge these two together uh, i looked at chapter 6 section 5 and read that the person responsible for the goat of azazel would take a scarlet thread cut it in two Half would be tied to the door of the temple, and half would be tied to the horns of the goat. Now, when the goat was pushed into the ravine and had died, the hope was that the scarlet thread on the temple door would turn white, showing that the ritual was a success and the sins were forgiven. This apparently legendary tradition was rooted in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, which says, Come, now and let us discuss, says Yahweh, even though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Even though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. And so the hope was that when the goat died in the ravine, that was the end of the threat of that sin that had been placed on the goat's head. Once the goat with the sins of Israel upon its head was dead at the bottom of the ravine, those sins were no longer a threat to the community. Similarly, once the pigs with the demons were dead at the bottom of the sea, those demons were no longer a threat to the community. Saving the community from the threat of evil. That's the connection between Azazel's goat and Legion's pigs.
And that concludes this week's episode of My Mysterious Bible Podcast. Hope you were enlightened by it. I hope you were blessed by it. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you next week.